Listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about Child's Play from 2019. Directed by Lars Klevberg, written by Tyler Burton-Smith, starring Aubrey Plaza, Mark Hamill, Gabriel Bateman, and Brian Tyree Henry. This movie is about a mother who buys an AI doll for her son, and chaos ensues when the doll goes rogue. And, buddy, you may not see quite as much of it because um, you're not on horror Twitter, but this has just been the talk of the town for the past year. It's, like, so controversial. Yeah. Um, What was so controversial about it? Just people uh, not liking what they were seeing in the promos? Uh, that's a tiny, well, that's a small bit of it. Um, basically a lot of fans are outraged that the franchise is getting a reboot while the original franchise is still going strong with the original creator, Don Mancini. What do they mean? The original franchise is still going strong. Is it, is is it going strong? It is actually. So the within let's say going from the year 2000 there was the seed of chucky in 2004 there was the curse of chucky in 2013 and cult of chucky just two years ago in 2017 Mm. and they're doing a tv series um based on the essentially continuing i think this this franchise with the don mancini's involvement oh okay i didn't realize that so he's he's still pretty active then huh yeah, he created the character, and he's essentially been involved in every movie for the past 30 years. So he wrote each one of the seven movies. He co-wrote the first one. Okay. Um, and he's directing, writing, and producing the TV series. And I think he's been involved as a producer in a lot of the movies as well. So yeah, it's kind of... Uh, a lot of people see it as a big F you to him that they just went ahead and rebooted... It's strange to reboot a series that's still going. I guess, yeah. Um, and and not involve the the creator. Um, well, didn't they try to involve him back in like 2008, 2009, but like, uh, they, they just didn't think it would be a success? So they kind of scrapped it? Yeah, so that was, I think, his idea even. He wanted to do a reboot of the franchise, but then after those remakes in the late 2000s, or in the late aughts, uh, what was it, Nightmare on Elm Street... And Friday the 13th, both of those tanked, so that mm-hmm. idea, that was canceled, the reboot. But then, and I don't even know if it would have been Universal Studios, who's distributed the past few Child's Play slash Chucky movies, or if it was MGM. But this one mm-hmm. is done by MGM, who retained the rights to the first movie. Right, yeah. So that gave them the legal opportunity to, to make one of their own. Yeah, wow, I didn't realize there was so much drama behind it. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I mean, there are people on Twitter who are diehard Chucky fans who are, like, very emotionally involved and, like, outraged. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense if you got, like, so much passion for the one original creator. But I kind of think this speaks to the impact it can have to bring some fresh blood into a franchise from time to time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have no, I feel like I have no skin in the game. You can refer back to our Child's Play episode, but neither you or I had seen that until the until last year. Right. Um, so we clearly aren't, aren't Child's Play. I, we liked it well enough, but, you know, we're not Child's Play diehards. Yeah, 
So I could see how you could be pissed, especially since the, I mean, the creator, Don Mancini was pissed too. Oh, um, he was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, on top of it, like you mentioned earlier, people were freaking out even more because of Chucky's appearance and how CGI-ish he looked. Yeah. And, you know, I, was, I asked uh, one of our listeners uh, to go see it with me, Kyle, who's, who's uh, commented on our stuff sometimes. And he yeah. kind of, uh, he, he, he told me that the, uh, the Chucky now like wasn't, um, you know, a possessed doll anymore. And it was like this programmed thing. And that really kind of bummed me out from a conceptual standpoint. But, uh, I, I don't know. I thought, yeah, it was an interesting effect that that had. I'm actually more, even going into it, I was more interested in this premise. Like an AI doll gone rogue is creepier to me than a serial killer who gets stuck in a doll's body. Yeah, <laughs> it is slightly more realistic, right? Yeah, and I think that the original Child's Play, and we, we've we got holes upon holes because we haven't seen any of the other ones, but not only is it a serial killer, but he's just kind of like this foul-mouthed 80s <laughs> criminal serial killer. It's yeah. not like he's a creepy Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy type serial killer. He's just like... I'm gonna kill you, you slut! Like, yeah, this trashy killer. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. It, it lost the scares after a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. As yeah, soon I forgot as he that was started talking. Yeah, I forgot that part was like kind of ineffective in the uh, original. Yeah. Um. So that makes this kind of a techno horror. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the latest Black Mirror episodes that have just come on? I have not, but I've been interested to see. I know there's one with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, the one with Miley Cyrus actually is uh, very like doll based, and it's it's like a very similar concept where you have this doll that uh, is like supposed to be AI, and then it takes on a personality. So it's just really interesting because that, that came out like two weeks ago, and then this movie comes out similarly, like about a doll taking on like a a person, a, a person's uh, characteristics. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is actually pretty similar to, uh, iRobot in a way. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, uh, with Will Smith? Yeah. I vaguely remember it. Uh, but, oh man, is that what happened? I mean, it, it shouldn't, I shouldn't say it's, it's not very similar at all, but the theme of like having these highly sophisticated AI robots and then having somebody, having their morality codes like messed with. Yeah. Like the morality is programmed into them, and that gets messed with, and that's that's essentially the how everything goes wrong. Yeah, like they prioritize, like the, the way they prioritize things and make decisions based on that, kind of like justifies it, and it kind of calls into question the whole uh, moral decisioning of people. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, iRobot goes deeper into that aspect of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's a funny reference. Oh, by the way, for for new listeners, we're gonna spoil this movie, so so duck out now if you haven't seen Child's Play yet, yeah. and intend to. Uh, yeah. So what else, man? There's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is the eighth movie in the mm-hmm. franchise. Is this uh, this director's uh, Lars? Is this his uh, full debut full length film? He did a German horror movie called Polaroid. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he's, I can't remember if he's done more, but this is not his. Actually, you know what? Polaroid might come out this year, so maybe it is his first. Yeah, I, I think that's been released in Europe, but it hasn't come here yet. 
Um, okay. But it, I know he, uh, Polaroid sounds really cool. It's based on like a short film he did in 2015, which I guess was really good. And he's finally made a full length feature on it. But for some reason, like uh, the the release date, release date in the U.S. keeps getting pushed back. So yeah, may, maybe you're right. Maybe he directed that first, and uh, now he's doing this one. Interesting. Okay. What, one of the things I really missed from the original, uh, the original had like great scenes of Chicago in it, like Humboldt Park and downtown. And this one supposedly takes place in Chicago, but they actually shot it in um, Vancouver. Did you see this? Yeah, it does look like they shot it in in Canada and maybe a little bit in New York. I think they did a decent job making it at least passable Chicago. Basically, all they showed of the city was the building's exterior. Yeah, yeah, I didn't much else. But why yeah. why fake Chicago? Why not just shoot in Chicago again? I don't know. Tax reasons, I guess. I mean, the more movies that we pay attention to where they sh- are shot, so many movies are shot in Canada. That's true. Yeah, must be a lot of tax. I think a big part of it could be that that big um, program that they have. I can't remember what they call it, but it's essentially like a, a tax incentive, right? <laughs> Where the government becomes like a producer in the film. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, I just I, I felt like that was a little inauthentic, given that I, I thought Chicago was so well represented. I mean, not not like shown in the best light, but it was just cool to have that connection in the original. Yeah, I do miss that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, remember how grimy Chicago, I was actually just talking to Kyle on Facebook about that today. Like Chicago looked so bad. Like you yeah. would not want to live there. Yeah. I know. It looked like a war zone. Uh, yeah. I, I think all the horror movies that took place in Chicago during that time, or I guess any movie in general made like Chicago look terrible. Remember Henry and, and how they Henry portrait Chicago. of a serial killer. Yeah. That, yeah. that made it look pretty, pretty bleak. So yeah. did Candyman. Oh yeah. So did Candyman. Right. I think Chicago just sucked back then. Yeah. And you know, the eighties and nineties crime was huge. So yeah. New York was depicted that way a lot on, on, uh, in the media as well. Yeah. I guess when people talk about big cities, that's like the image they would put, put out there. Yeah. Um, one movie that I don't think either of us has seen that was featured in this movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that? I haven't seen that now. That looks pretty crazy. I know. That was pretty gross stuff. I thought the first one was supposed to be like the gory one. I didn't realize uh, that keeps going. Yeah, the first one actually isn't, I mean, it's it's gross in, in terms of what's implied, but the gore, the on-screen gore actually isn't that bad. Yeah, the whole like face being cut off and everything. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else, man, about this movie? Released the same weekend as Toy Story 4. Both <laughs> involved toys coming to life and a boy named Andy. I know. <laughs> I was thinking how hilarious that would be if, like, you're a parent taking your kid to the theater and you think Child's Play is the kid's movie. <laughs> Walking yeah. <into> that. <laughs> oh, man. You know someone's doing that, right? I'm it's sure it. that's happened. It. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting to see, uh, Orion pictures here. I don't, I, I feel like I hadn't seen that, uh, like opening and that, um, the logo for like a long time. And I think this is like their first film in a long time under that brand or something. Oh, really? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, now that you mention it, I do feel like I used to see Orion a lot more. Apparently it's owned by MGM. Right. Yeah. MGM acquired it. Um, but this might be like the first time it's being distributed under something. And that's why like the Orion thing is there again, which used to be really popular back in like the eighties, early nineties. Yeah. I feel like that's been missing for a while. Weird. Yeah. Um, 
you know what? I'm just realizing I don't have the budget or, or numbers. I mean, this just came out as we're recording this, so there aren't a ton of crazy box office numbers. I feel like maybe it made like 14 million opening weekend. Do you have that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It made 14 million. Uh, the budget was 10 million. So it sounds like it hasn't really been too profitable yet. But we're just one yeah. weekend in. Yeah, I, I did. I saw some people being like, that was a little less than some predictions, but like it's still... It's still not bad, and it could keep going. But mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of surprising because um, I know we've talked about like how horror movies are now becoming like the big blockbuster movies, and I thought by releasing this in the summer, they're kind of playing up or amping up the blockbuster angle of it. Um, but yeah, it looks like performance-wise, it hasn't been drawing in like as many probably as they thought. Yeah, it's a pretty jam-packed summer in terms of big theatrical releases for horror movies. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. So people thought. might just be picking their, you know, budgeting which movies they're going to go to. I don't know. I know. It's like week after week you got one. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Annabelle. Annabelle coming out like a week after this one and then midsummer, like two weeks from this one. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. right. Dead Don't Die the week before. Yeah, right. That one's not as huge, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Maz, I think Maz still in the theater. I can't remember if it's Ma or Maz. But I think it's Ma. Octavia yeah. Spencer, that's mm-hmm. still in the theater. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, pretty heavy hitting summer. It really is. Any other background on this movie before we get to the plot? Uh, no, I got nothing else. Cool. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna take a quick break. I just heard the doorbell ring, so I think I better go see what's up. All right, cool. Cool. I'll be right back. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, who's there? You know, it was this random neighbor kid, and he gave me a gift, all wrapped up really nice, and told me not to open it until his birthday, which is weird. Are you sure he didn't mean your birthday? That's what I thought, but he clarified it. It's his birthday, so Mm. whatever. I'm I'm game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But if it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) That should be a new birthday tradition. Like you just go around handing people gifts that they gotta wait till your birthday to open. Yeah, that's very funny. And it's always a head. And it's always a head on a watermelon. <laughs> head skin, rather. Yeah, yeah head skin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the plot of this movie it starts out with a disgruntled worker in Vietnam in this factory who just got fired, and the boss tells him, like, finish that doll, and then you're fired. He's building this AI doll, and he overrides all the safety and morality safeguards in the programming for the doll. It's called a buddy doll, which is the new good guy doll from the original movie. Um, he then commits suicide, apparently, after he, he makes the doll, which was kind of a throwback to Maggie's death in the original one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, she falling out of the building and landing yeah. on a car. She was the babysitter, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. right, right. I I was wondering if they were doing going for like some social commentary here on, um, you know, like I've I've heard of like working conditions in in some third world countries where you know like Apple and stuff have fallen under like lawsuits where they're like working people too hard and people are jumping from windows, killing themselves. Uh, do you, you think there's any overlap here? Uh, yeah, there might there might be something to say there. Yeah, maybe. 
there are definitely times where I'm like, this movie might be trying, like, have more to say, but it doesn't really hit it that hard. Sure, yeah. It keeps it pretty fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, then we meet Andy and his mom, Karen, who just moved into a new apartment. Money's tight. She's a single mom. Andy doesn't have a lot of friends, and Karen works at a big box retail store, something I would liken to a Best Buy. Mm. His birthday is coming up. He wants a new cell phone, but she can't afford it. And someone just so happens to return a defective buddy doll. And Karen swipes it from the store and gives it to Andy for his birthday. Um, even though he's kind of old, but she had, he had earlier showed him like a funny video that someone made on YouTube of one of these AI dolls like humping something. So she's like, oh, I got it for you. I thought it could be funny or fun. You know, I, I like that aspect a lot because in the original, it's like a young kid who wants that doll. And this one, it's kind of like an older kid who's like, I'm too old for this, but he's, he's going to have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And he'd like, it's just kind of like, oh, whatever, I'll have fun with it. But he also doesn't have friends at all. And you can see that he's starting to get attached to this doll. Yeah, yeah. It felt, it felt a lot more realistic. Yeah, and the doll is programmed to like imprint on its owner. So mm-hmm. you can see that the doll is attached to him as well. Right. And from the very beginning, it's clear that Chucky's different. He doesn't follow the rules that the buddy dolls have. Like, he'll cuss or or say something that he shouldn't, and they'll be like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. But uh, Andy thinks it's just kind of cool. And sometimes he'll, like, glitch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, things start to take a dark turn when the cat, the family cat, scratches Andy and draws blood. And Chucky, who, as we said, is imprinted on Andy, becomes defensive and starts strangling the cat as, like, revenge slash defense. Um, and then things further go south when Andy and his friends, he has made met some new friends, and Chucky, or, yeah, Chucky has actually, like, helped him do that. It's kind of a, a discussion. Uh, oh, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, it's a discussion, like, like a, an object of conversation or something. <laughs> yeah. There is a turn of phrase there. I just can't grasp right now. Uh, um, conversation piece. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, things take an even darker turn. Him and his friends are sitting around watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and laughing at the extreme violence. And Chucky sees this and is like, oh, they think this is funny. So he goes and grabs a knife from the kitchen and, like, runs at one of them. And they have to, like, forcibly pin him down and remove the knife. And as a reaction to this, Andy locks Chucky up. And, of course, Chucky escapes. And I've yet to mention that there is a boyfriend in the picture. Andy's mom, Karen, played by Aubrey Plaza, has a boyfriend named Shane who's just... A general douchebag who mm-hmm. is mean to Andy and even is a little bit violent with him. He like shoves him back onto his bed. Um, so Chucky escapes and exacts revenge upon Shane, who we follow back to his house and realize that he's actually married and pretending to be single for Andy's mom. And he's up on a ladder taking down Christmas lights. Chucky gets the ladder out from underneath him. He falls and like gorily breaks his legs. And then Chucky, I think, maybe somehow controls this like technologically advanced rototiller that's in the yard. And it comes towards Shane and like rips his face off. And his face gets like launched across the yard and lands on a bush or something. <laughs> yeah. Or that's, that's his scalp. 
Yeah, and this is like the first like super gory and kind of unexpected uh, scene in the movie, right? Yeah, the movie got gorier than I expected it to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then Chucky gets on top of his on top of his chest and stabs him. And earlier in the film, some of Andy's friends were trying to shoot a video of Chucky hitting or stabbing somebody and saying, "This is for Tupac," just like to be funny. And so he says, "This is for Tupac" before he kills Shane. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I, yeah, I, I, I think that that got a laugh from my theater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The next day, Andy wakes up and finds Shane's face in his room the next day, like wrapped around a watermelon. So he tells him and his, he tells his friends and they're like, what do we need to do? They end up ganging up on Chucky, removing his microchip and throwing him away in the garbage. And they try to throw away the face by gift wrapping it so nobody will see them take it out to the garbage chute. And that gets intercepted, and he ends up giving it to this neighbor down the hall as a gift, like as some sort of weird cover story. Mm-hmm. But says, don't open it until my birthday, figuring he can find a way to dispose of it later. And this neighbor's son is like a detective who uh, is somewhat involved in these murders. Yeah, we haven't in- mentioned Detective Mike yet, but he, yeah, his mom lives next door or across the hall from Andy, and he's kind of a lovable adults buddy that Andy has kind of made while he sulks in the hallway being lonely. Um, let's see, where was I? Oh, there's this creepy maintenance guy we've seen lurking around the building earlier in the movie and he finds Chucky in the trash and he does some sort of tinkering with him and restarts him and of course Chucky kills him, which is kind of okay with you as the viewer because it's revealed that this guy has been spying on everybody in the (laughs) building with these hidden cameras. Yeah, total creep. Yeah, and this is another super gory kill where he's like hanging from this like heating pipe above a buzzsaw and Chucky turns the heat up in the building such that this guy's hands are like burning and he has to let go and then he falls on the buzzsaw. Yeah. And uh, doesn't don't his balls get cut off earlier? I think there was. Uh, I couldn't tell. It looked like you caught a glimpse of something falling from his legs. So yeah, I think, <laughs> I think maybe yeah some genitalia were removed. Yeah, this is so wild because like uh, this is such like an eighties move that there are like so much gore in like over the top gore like this. Uh, I was just, not expecting that from this movie. Yeah, me neither. This is wild. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised actually. Yeah. And and uh, the other cool thing about like Chucky when he's killing these people is, uh, and and I think this is speaking to like the current scenario is like he's able to control uh, gadgets that he's linked to in the house because he's like synced to the cloud and they're all like owned by the same company so he can like control the heating like he did with this guy or control like the table saw or the lights, and I think that gives him like an extra leg up on everyone is that he's like the smart villain who can like control all your electronics around you. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's almost like a superpower. Yeah, yeah. Which is very, um, yeah, so very this, much like Alexa, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's this big tech company called Kazlan, Kazlan I think, mm-hmm. that makes Chucky. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's how he's like connected to everything. Mm-hmm. And so while he's in this b- creepy maintenance guy's basement lair, he's the guy has these TV sets set up with cameras in everyone's apartment. And Andy is eating dinner in this neighbor woman's apartment with her son, Detective Mike. And Andy shows her how to use the Kazlan app to order a car, like an Uber or Lyft. 
And she says, oh, Andy, you're my new best friend. And Chucky hears this and it's like, nope, I'm his best friend. (laughs) So this woman orders a car and then Chucky takes control of it, drives it all over the place, crashes it, and then stabs her and kills her. Mm -hmm. And Ohio fact, the first known death from a self-driving car happened to an Ohio man from Canton in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. He had a Tesla on autopilot and it failed to recognize a truck in front of him on the highway and drove right into it. Was this in Ohio or was this in Florida? It was in Florida. Ooh, did oh. you I, did I, you I, find this as well? No, I remember, I remember that story of the someone, like the first accident, but I, I remember it happening in Florida. I didn't realize it was an Ohio guy. Yeah, he was, he was vacationing with his family in Wild. Florida, sadly. Oh, man. Yeah, it sounds like he really tested the limits of his Tesla and was like already kind of internet famous for it oh okay (laughs) and not to put any blame like it's very sad but it it sounds like maybe he wasn't he was taking some risks yeah yeah okay yeah um eventually at this point detective mike puts the pieces together that these deaths are linked to andy and he's on the scene he's like as there are first responders to his mom's death um, and I think there at this scene, a coworker shows him a pic and says like, hey, this dude Shane's head was found in a trash can later and he sees that it's got the wrapping paper that was in his mom's apartment, Andy's gift. At this point, Andy's at his mom's work at this big box store because he's been spiraling out of control and she's like, you, I can't trust you, you gotta come to work with me. Mike comes there and arrests him and this is all happening on like a Black Friday-esque mob scene because they're releasing the buddy two, like the latest release of this doll. So all these people are in the store and then Chucky's there and he takes over or controls all the dolls, like all the AI dolls in the store and drones and drones, drones, toy drones are like flying into people and cutting open their chests. <laughs> yeah. That was wild. It, yeah. It's kind of a crazy scene. And he's able to like lock down the store and everything. He locks down the store. Yep. And Andy and his friends are about to escape. And then, on the TVs in the store, it, the, an image comes up of Andy's mom tied up in the like warehouse back of the store. So he tricks his friends and is like, okay, you guys, get, he essentially gets them out of there and then closes the gate because he doesn't want them to get hurt and goes back to save his mom. So he's confronted by Chucky and there's a showdown. He pretty much defeats Chucky, but then there's a last minute, you know, Chucky's not dead. He comes back. And Mike, who you thought was dead because he got gored by a drone, shoots Chucky out of midair um, and says a, a catchy tagline as he does so. And then at the very end, happy ending, Andy and his or Andy's mom and Mike are both being wheeled out on gurneys and Andy's mom kind of squeezes Mike's shoulder. But what then did, the last shot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, what, what was the catch line Mike said when he shot uh, Chucky? I think Chucky had said something like, we're friends until the end, don't you remember, Andy? Or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. Mike said, this is the end. Oh, nice. There were some good one-liners. Also, that creepy guy in the basement who was tinkering with Chucky, like, before, as he was tinkering him, was like, let's open you up and see what's inside or something like that. Oh, yeah, and then Chucky starts saying that when he's cutting open people. Yeah, Chucky said that same thing to him. Yeah. Um... So the last shot is of another doll being put in a buddy box and its red eyes glow, implying that there are other dolls with the same problem. Oh, man. 
Yeah, you, th- you think they're going to do a franchise on this one? It sounds like the director has an idea for a sequel. So some of these, this Buddy 2, some of them were dolls and some of them were just had a different appearance, like creepy teddy bears called Buddy Bears. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they had more ideas for how to get those, uh, for interesting things that the Buddy Bears could do, but they didn't really have time to include it. And that's a direction he wants to take the sequel. Oh, I see. Interesting. Did you like uh, how they had those other like bears and uh, other gadgets like programmed to be evil? Yeah, yeah. I kind of added some new dimensions and made it fun. Yeah, yeah. Added some variety in there. I like that. Yeah, and like you said, I think it makes Chucky an even scarier villain when he can control other things. Yeah, yeah. It makes him pretty powerful. Self-driving cars. Because really, he's just a doll. Like, I mean, you can you can bash him on the head and pin him and take out his microchip. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, he's, he's kind of like omnipresent, I guess, with uh, with all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the one of the last scenes, too, is Andy with all of his friends, like, doing an office space copier type move. Oh, on the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> on Chucky, which is, they all have, like, a baseball bat, and they're beating the crap out of him. Yeah, like sledgehammer and everything. It's going to yeah. town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, what did you think? What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, I had pretty low hopes going into this one, just given, like, you know, the premise changed so much. And from the promos, uh, the way, like, they showed his face was just so different than the original. And I remember in the original, I liked the way they had his face done. Like, he looked, like, pretty rough. And in this one, he looks kind of uh, very modern and, like, kind of clean appearance. But yeah. um, going in with low expectations, I was, like, impressed. Like, the acting was really good. The writing was pretty sharp. The scares were good. Surprisingly gory. And then, uh, yeah, I just thought that whole dimension of like him controlling technology and tying it to like, you know, technology today and how like you have these smart home systems, I just thought it felt like really real and accurate. So I, I thought, I thought it was pretty impressive. Um, what, what about you? What did you think? I agree, man. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I didn't, I tried not to have many expectations, but I thought, as I said, the AI doll is scarier to me than a serial killer doll. And yeah, as you said, the writing, I just thought the screenplay was really tight and efficient. Mm-hmm. Things kept moving. It was really entertaining. The kills were scary. And it, I think this was both scarier than the original and funnier and like, oh, more yeah. fun. Yeah. And I, li- I like the original, mm-hmm. but this, this did it all better. I will say I, I did... I didn't have as many problems with the doll's appearance as other people did. Mm-hmm. I, and they did involve a lot of animatronics with this movie. There were CGI, but it wasn't all CGI. Oh, okay. That being said, I still do think the doll in the original Child's Play looked better. Like, uh, like scarier? Not necessarily scarier, just better. Yeah, like, okay. It looked a little bit more realistic and gritty and less glossy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I I can see that. It, yeah, it definitely looked more. I guess like '80s dolls like looked more like authentic because yeah, they had like I don't know hair and stuff. And this one, I guess, feels a little more plasticky, like a modern day uh, reincarnation of a doll. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't necessarily even think it was the like the special effects team. I think it was just like the design itself of Chucky. Mm-hmm. I didn't like as much. Yeah. Yep. Um. And like you, you mentioned, touched on this earlier too. I liked that Andy was a little bit older because in the first one, it kind of felt like his mom was the main character. And in this one, it feels like he is the main character. Yeah, I really like that too. So it was a little bit more bought in and he had this storyline of not having any friends. And then he kind of makes some friends and loses some friends and regains the friends. And 
Yeah. It I, worked. I don't remember any of that in the original. I don't, I don't think he had any friends, right? He was just kind of on his own and like a victim. And the mom was like yeah, he saving was, him. I think he was a little underdeveloped because he was a pretty young kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, um, that, part, that part was cool to see. And that kind of fits like with the whole It vibe and like all these like movies that are like throwbacks to the 80s where you have like this gang of kids taking on like a, a villain or something. Yeah, I was thinking about that in the theater. I know that's something we've talked about where we really like it when the kids are kind of in the driver's seat in the plot of the movie rather than just like, ooh, it's a creepy kid. Right. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, or like a cute, like dopey looking kid or something. Yeah. And uh, man, the kills, the kills were inventive and gory and fun. Yeah. Yeah, they were creative. I, th- I thought they did justice to like what was good about like their earlier movies, especially like a lot of '80s movies. Like you'd have these bizarre, random kills, and I feel like I haven't seen that in a long time in a movie. Yeah, I mean, it it's like a techno horror, but it, I mean, Chucky, I think at its core is kind of a slasher movie, and this was maybe even more slashery than than the original. Yeah, when it came to the kills, it definitely felt even like at the end with like the drones flying around, like slicing into people. It was very slasher yeah. heavy. Yep. Um, yeah, and oh, I think Mark Hamill did a great job with the voice. Yeah, I, I thought all the actors did really good. Like, they were all, uh, it was, it was a pretty big cast, actually, right? Like, pretty big stars, Mark Hamill. Um, this kid was from Lights Out, uh, Audrey Plaza. Um, I don't know, we, uh, sorry, Aubrey Plaza, right? Yeah. Yeah. B. B, right. Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a pretty well, like, rounded cast. Yeah, I thought so, too. Score mm-hmm. was really good, too, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, scroll was good. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't find like much to knock on this movie outside of that Chicago thing, but uh, other otherwise, like yeah, I felt like the pacing and everything was good. It moved along. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I think like we discussed in our episode on the original, the script was originally supposed to have a bit more to say about marketing to kids, but they didn't uh, really hit that note very mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder, too, if this one had even more to say about the threats of AI and kind of toned it down. I don't know. I mean, essentially, the core core of the story does exemplify the threats of AI. Yeah, yeah. They didn't right. rub your face in it, though. No, yeah. But, I mean, I, I feel like what they were showing is, is pretty realistic. I mean, if everything's connected, then it gives one uh, you know individual or one entity like so much power to control like your whole life. It's pretty powerful. Right. And even now without AI, just the fact that everything depends on the internet yeah. gives people a lot, you know, you could shut down a lot of things. Yeah. If it's all <laughs> hacked the right thing. Exactly. It's all synced up together. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did think. And that- maybe a threat of like monopolies too, like this company Caslon. Oh yeah. Right. Where they own like everything from like your cars to like your home appliances to the stuff you used to, what was that thing that cut that guy's face up? Uh, Rototiller. Oh, yeah. Rototiller, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, one thing I thought, Aubrey Plaza, uh, I didn't like uh, her as, as a person that much. Uh, like, I mean, if you, if you look at the guy, she was a total asshole. Like, she should have probably dumped him a while ago. I didn't think she was really nice to Detective Mike early on until, like, you know, the end. Like, she, like, great, like, great, like, you know, he saved our lives and whatever. Uh, but I don't know. It, it kind of it soured me on like her character a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say earlier. I, I don't think she did a bad job. I didn't like her character that much. Yeah, which I, I'm not sure. But if that was supposed- okay with me because I liked Andy more and I liked Detective Mike more than I did in the original as well. Right. Oh, is there a Detective Mike in the original? 
Yeah, yep. Ah, oh, no kidding. Interesting. Played by Chris Sarandon, Prince Humperdinck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. He gets, does he get attacked like in a car, in a police car at some point? Yeah. 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 All right. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think those two kind of drove the film and they're like the likable characters of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, how many out of five human head skins wrapped around a watermelon, how many human head skins do you give this movie? Uh, I, I can't like find a lot to knock on this one. So I'd, I'd probably give it a four and a half, uh, human head skins around a watermelon. What about you? Nice. Yeah. I give it a four. It was, it was solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun watch. I thought I thought it really fit into like the summer uh, movie scene. It was good. kind of a fun watch and uh, pretty action oriented. Yeah, yeah, it's a great summer movie, and it's definitely one that I would just like. I would love to watch again when it comes out. Yeah, DVD or VOD. It's just just fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, I guess that's about all. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's all I got. Okay, cool. Well, that's all for our discussion on Child's Play, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps other people find us, and it makes us smile. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter, so to give you some extra incentive to follow us there. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you want to get a doll for your kid, uh, just save up and buy it full price. If horror <laughs> movies have taught us anything, it's that buying any sort of pre-owned or discount doll is not the way to go. 